Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How do you wear that? Uh, well, I bought my boots. Oh, okay. I named them Tia and Tamara. <laughs> yeah. Sister, sister. <laughs> It's true. It's true story. Cheers. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino and I woke up today thinking it was Saturday. Turns out it's Tuesday, so we have to recap Vanderpump Rules. We are in quarantine and we are all going a bit stir crazy, I believe. Um, but we have to talk about these yahoos on Bravo. We're also going to recap The Real Housewives of Atlanta. It'll be after Vanderpump Rules. You could check the episode description if you want to hear that chat. But for now, let's hop into Vanderpump Rules. Now, last week on the show, I had said that I thought that last week's episode of Vanderpump Rules was the best of the season. Granted, that bar is very low. Okay, we were just coming out of the week where we had a funeral for the lizard named Dog. And it felt like last week we finally had an episode, I thought. I thought it was thrilling. I thought we had some good drama We had a focus on the OG cast, but we also didn't have to deal with any of the Jack's wedding nonsense. And so last week, I thought it was really, really good. And I got a lot of heat for that. I I did hear from a lot of you who said, you're wrong, Danny. He said, nope, you're wrong. And I said, no, I stand by that. I think last week's episode was great. It was one of the few high points. Again, the bar was low. We were coming out of a lizard funeral. We We came out of a memorial for a lizard. Okay, And a lot of you pointed out that you think that they should have taken that lizard to the vet. And you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, but unfortunately, the lizard has passed. And I believe that to be a low point of the series. That's, to me, the jumping the shark moment. You know, they say that's like the, the when you think of shows and you think of when they jump the shark. I feel like that the lizard memorial was jumping the shark. I feel like we should change that phrase instead of jumping the shark. It should be called uh, throwing a lizard memorial. Because that's what happened on Vanderpump Rules. And I thought that was the low point. But then we came out of that week and we had a great episode, I thought. And a lot of you said, no, Danny, you're wrong. But I said, nope, it was good. Now, this week, I think it was definitely uh, right on par with that Lizard Memorial. I thought this week was horrendous. And I don't know if it's the quarantine talking. I've been cooped up. I've been cooped up. I've been on the brim. I don't know if that's why I'm not liking it. But this was the first time in a long time where I actually paused the episode to just go make some dinner. And I didn't even, I wasn't even hungry. I just paused it. And I was like, you know what? Let me go do some cooking. I've been doing a lot of cooking, a lot of baking these days. I've baked everything under the sun. I have uh, hundreds of boxes of baking stuff in my cupboard from the years and years. I, stuff from I, that I bought at Home Goods. You know those mixes I bought at Home Goods, and I've been making every single one of them. I made cookies, I made brownies, I made bunt cakes, I made breads, I've made it all. And uh, I wasn't even pausing the episode to go bake. I was pausing the episode to just go cook a dinner because I thought it was just so boring. I was like, let me just pause this, and that never happens. It never happens, but it happened this week. This was rough, you guys. This was rough. And we opened on a skate park. So we had this transition music, which was very aggressive right off the bat. It was like, five, four, three, two, one, it's the countdown. Like, that was the song that played as we entered in the skate park. And I was like, calm down. What is this, 1995 Jocks Jams? Like, what's happening here? What is this countdown song with the numbers? 
And then we open on the skate part with Max, Jax, Schwartz, and Bo. Now, I don't like Max on the show, but he did have a couple moments in the skate park where I, I, I'm not saying I liked him, but it's the most that I've liked him. And one of those times was when he quacked, like from the Mighty Ducks. Now, the Mighty Ducks is a personal favorite of mine. I love that series of films. I uh, worship those movies. I loved them. I grew up on those movies. Of course, I always loved the gang from Mighty Ducks. I loved Julie the Cat Gaffney. I loved uh, Connie. I loved Guy. I loved, or Guy Germain, I should say. I loved Banksy, that cake eater. I loved all the characters from Mighty Ducks. And so to just hear a reference on Bravo was nice. And then he also had a joke where they showed this guy who was skating with like the long hair and he sort of looked like Jesus. And Max said, that guy looks like he could t- turn water into Coors Light. Now, that was a funny line. So I just have to give Max props for like five seconds. Uh, I'm going to go back to disliking him now on the show, but uh, I just had to say that uh, right off the bat. Uh, Schwartz also said at the skate park that in 96, he was a skater boy, but now his knees hurt. And I sort of feel like that's a good metaphor for the show. I feel like uh, everyone's knees on the show are tired and we're tired. You know what I'm saying? It's like we're tired of it. It feels like everyone's knees are given out on this show. And maybe we're, we need to put them out to pasture. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on with this show. I don't know where we go from here. I know I've said that a million times, but where do we go from here? Um, anyway, Schwartz talks about that fight with Katie that he had last week where he was totally out of line. And he said that he was tired and drunk and he was just so disgusted with, with what Katie was reacting to with the police officers. And then Jax responds with, it would have been fun if no girls were there. And then I don't know what happened. I had like one of those That's So Raven moments where it was like my eyes went wide and I went inside my head for a minute and I was thinking of an alternate universe where the show was just men, like this Vanderpump Rules was just the men. And it was very chilling and I don't want to see that future. Seeing a scene with all the men, even at the skate park, I don't like the scenes with all the guys. Like I need some of the women in there because I feel like the women are, we need the women on this show. And all the shows on Bravo, we need the women. But I had this weird alternate reality where I was like, what if this show was just like these straight men? And it wasn't a pretty picture. So I'm glad that we don't have to deal with that. We have the women on the show. But uh, it was troubling. It was troubling inside my head for that brief moment. So then we cut to uh, Danica, Brett, James, Raquel, and Ariana doing an axe throwing. And I'm so sick of the axe throwing on Bravo. I feel like I'm just complaining. I don't want to complain. I love Bravo and I worship these shows. And honestly, a bad episode of Vanderpump Rules is still better than a lot of the other shows on the other stations. Still better than anything we're going to find on E. You put this episode up against an episode of Very Cavalry, and I promise you, it's much better. I promise you. But we've set a high bar. We've been so many places with these people that we've set a high bar over the course of the series. So now to have a season this bad, it's just, uh, it's, it's bad. It's bad, you guys. But we did the axe throwing, and we've done the axe throwing on every fucking show on Bravo. We've done it on the other housewives, and I'm sick of seeing the axe throwing. Like, how much money did the axe throwing uh, corporations give to Bravo to make every one of their shows go to the axe throwers? Enough is enough. I've seen that's something they did on Very Cavalry, I believe. Speaking of, speak of the devil, <laughs> speak of the most boring show in the world. That's something they did there, I think. And they've done it on all of these shows. And so to Vanderpump Rules, which is supposed to be a pioneer in the reality TV arts, for them to do the axe throwing now, it just reeks of desperation. And I can't do it. I can't do it. Stop it now. Okay, producers, we need you to step it up. Get back on your game. We don't need to see them axe throwing. You should have known. They should have known that. They should have known that these are pros. The Vanderpump Rules producers are pros. I know we've been in a rough season, but they're pros. And I don't know, maybe they just got tired and gave up. But the fact that they let these kids go axe throwing, I thought, come on, stop it. 
now. No more of this. This is like when every one of those shows did the did the escape rooms and then the goat yoga and then the axe throwing. Okay, Vanderpump Rules should know better. What's next? Are they going to do the goat yoga too? I'm sure in two weeks we'll see the goat yoga. Did they do that on Vanderpump Rules yet? I can't remember. But I'm certain that if I see goat yoga on Vanderpump Rules, I'm going to lose it, you guys. I'm going to lose it. I'm not, it's not going to be pretty. Everything iconic is not going to be pretty. You think it's <laughs> a lot of me complaining now. Just wait till they do a goat yoga scene. I'm going to lose it. So, uh, producers, if you're listening, I love you. I worship you. You're the best. But no more. No more. Are the axe throwing, really? What's going on? What's happening over there? What's, what's happening over there? You should not. You should have known better. I will say that I did love that Raquel was amazing at it. She said she was a bad axe bitch. <laughs> I love my I'm a bad axe bitch. I love her. <laughs> she was a bad axe bitch. I wonder who wrote that line for her. Whoever it was, it was probably one of those brilliant producers over there. Because they're great people. I don't mean to talk poorly about these producers, but at the axe throwing, really. Then we cut to uh, a scene at Sir, and right off the bat, we see Charlie, who I'm really falling in love with. You guys, I'm really starting to love Charlie. And we saw her waiting one of her tables, and one of the one of the patrons asked how the cheesecake was, and she says, eh, "I go to the cheesecake factory for cheesecake." Ah, <laughs> uh, that was iconic to me when she just told the customer to like go to another restaurant, like don't get our cheesecake. <laughs> So good. Meanwhile, LVP and Guillermo, Guillermo never looking better. Uh, they sit down, and it's revealed that Danica accidentally charged customers two hundred dollars extra. And I thought, what a mess! <laughs> I can't believe they're airing it on the TV show about the restaurant. Like, who would want to go eat at these restaurants, knowing that we watched on TV that like the waiters just accidentally charged two hundred dollars to people's credit cards? Like, I, I might go back to Sir, one of these restaurants, but I'm not going to be eating dinner there knowing that they're just accidentally charging 200 people, or $200 extra on people's accounts. Not in this climate. Not in this climate. Not going to happen. Not going to sit down at Sir anytime soon. I got to save my money. We're, we're in a recession now, baby. And there's no way anyone's going to Sir to get charge an extra 200 bucks after they eat some goat cheese balls. Ain't worth it. Those goat cheese balls aren't that good. They aren't that good, but it just made me laugh that they were putting it on the TV. I know LVP is a producer. I would have said, like, hey, we're not airing that. Like, that makes our business look terrible. <laughs> it's like that time they aired Jack's, like, just refusing to make a mojito for someone. <laughs> it makes these places look so terrible. Uh, but Danica, they're all saying that Danica has an attitude problem, and she says in her confessional, this is bullshit. I don't have an attitude problem. And this just, again, feels like a separate show with these new people. They're, they're starting to integrate them a little bit better. I'll give them that. But it still feels like two separate shows. Then we cut to Katie and Tom. They're sitting down to have a conversation. They're doing a lot of Bubba work. It's a lot of like, Bubba, 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 Bubba. It's a lot. It's a lot of Bubba work. And I know they got rid of that picture that had the Bubba on the wall. But they made up for it this scene when they were just saying it back and forth to each other. And I don't know if I was like, I don't know what was happening. It was just a lot of Bubba's happening. And Schwartz, instead of just apologizing, he said, I'm still dumbfounded and confused by your reaction. Katie's like, look, I thought it was weird. He goes, don't be a social justice warrior. They spent a lot of time and money on that prank. And then this made me laugh. Katie said, well, maybe it was a waste of time and money. <laughs> that was brutal. That was savage. And I really liked it. But I don't know why Tom didn't just apologize to her. Because he eventually did. He's like, I didn't like the way I acted. But the whole first half of the scene, he was just like, I can't believe you reacted that way. It was just a weird way to apologize. 
it's a good lesson for all of us. Sometimes you just need to apologize and you can't add the but, you can't add the explanation. Sometimes people just want an apology. They just want you to say, I'm sorry, and then shut your mouth. That's all people want when they get an apology. That's it. But instead, then he finally said, Bubba, I feel bad. I feel bad. Then they talk about Stasi and Bo's engagement. They haven't gotten engaged yet, but this comes into play later. Then we have a scene at Villa Blanca. And look, every time they show Villa Blanca, I remember that it exists. Because I don't believe that it does outside of this show. I don't believe it. I, anyone ever goes there. I know there were some people in the background, maybe a little bit. But I don't believe, I live right near there, and I don't believe that people go there. I've never heard anyone say, I'm going to Villa Blanca. Maybe they did like 10 years ago. 10 years ago, people would say, hey, let's go to lunch at Villa Blanca. But I'm sorry, no one goes there. Because if they're if they're tourists and they want to visit one of the locales of Vanderpump Rules, they're going to go to Sur, they're going to go to Pump. I don't think anyone's going to Villa Blanca any, anymore. But maybe that's why they made them do a scene here. Because there's no way that those witches of WeHo were like, let's go to Villa Blanca. There's no way. But it's clear that producers or LVP were like, hey, you guys need to do a scene at Villa Blanca, so we remind people that it exists. So they did. The witches met up to talk about the, uh, the Witches of WeHo event. Um, and then LVP shows up, just casually shows up at Villa Blanca, which I believe it was the first time she's been there since the last scene they filmed a year ago at Villa Blanca. Like, I don't even think LVP goes there. I don't believe that she goes there, but she she just happened to show up wearing a very wild outfit. It was a lots of diamonds, hat, a fringe jacket, a white hat. It was wild. And then she's just pretending it's a surprise. And I was like, oh, you just casually wore that outfit. <laughs> I did love the outfit, though. The fringe, the what was it? The jacket had a little fringe on, and I've been really into the fringe jackets lately. And it seems like they're coming back. First on LVP and then on the Man on Tiger King documentary. It seems like the fringes are coming back. So I'm going to head to Dillard's and <laughs> purchase the Reba collection. <laughs> Um, but they talk about how LVP like sort of accidentally spills that Katie and Tom are going to do a wedding in Vegas again. And Kristen's just sitting there like, what the fuck? I don't understand. Um, and then it was like, LVP wasn't supposed to do that. Like she just sort of, I think LVP knew what she was doing, which that's what makes her a good reality TV star. She knew exactly what she was doing and it was very smart and it stirred up the drama and I, I applauded it. I did applaud it. Then we see a Dana and Brett scene. <sighs> anyway, Brett um, Brett talks about Sheena or something, or YouTube. And then there was this really wonderful moment where Dana talks about her mom who had passed. And I thought it was so nice to hear, not that her mom had passed, but it was so nice for Dana to open up and learn more about her. And again, I say, I would like to know more about Dana. But when she's saddled in these scenes with people like Brett, it just like doesn't work. I wish she would have been talking to Ariana about that or, or, or someone else about her history, her family, her life, because it's interesting stuff. It's just not when it's with Brett, because we, we all tune out when it's with Brett. Then, um, oh, then back at Villa Blanca, we see LVP summons over Stasi, and she talks about Bo proposing. Uh, I don't know. This scene was funny to me because in the background, you could just see Katie and Kristen at the table alone, and they weren't speaking to each other, and it just made me laugh. I wanted to see more of that. I want to see more of that table of just Katie and Kristen just not speaking. <laughs> then we see Bo at work. He's casting, which we all forget that he's a casting director, a casting agent. And I wondered, are we pretending here? Like, does he cast still? I don't know. I'm not saying that he doesn't. I just don't know. Um, but it seemed like we were pretending. 
that one other friend who was like in the scene at the beginning and he, she's like, okay, that's all for work. Let me leave you with your friends. And it just felt like very pretending, but maybe he's still working. I'm not sure. Uh, meanwhile, he was wearing those, a, a very aggressive shorts and long sleeve button down combo, which just was a, a lot for my eyes to adjust to. I wasn't aware of it, it but I liked it. It was something that I would wear. I'm not hating on it. It was just, uh, it, it was almost like a moment where I thought, Maybe I shouldn't wear that because I've been known to wear, I like a button down. And in the summertime, I will wear a long sleeve button down with, because I don't like always the way the short sleeve button down looks on me. So I would wear a long sleeve button down in shorts. And I was looking and I was like, maybe I shouldn't. That's what I was thinking during the scene. It was like, should I rethink my wardrobe choices? I'm not a fashionista, but I was thinking that as I was seeing that combo um, on Bo, especially in a work environment. In a work environment, it was a little bit shocking to me. But Katie and Tom arrive, and Bo has got the engagement ring. He's ready from the—he's got three different choices. He reveals that he's going to be proposing at a, maus- a, a mausoleum at a graveyard. And here's what I want to say. I truly believe that Bo and Stassi love each other. I think it's so clear when you watch a scene with the two of them together. I believe, in my opinion, that they worship each other, they love each other, that they're perfect for each other. But something about seeing and hearing about another engagement after we just went through all this wedding stuff, and now to have to hear about the engagement and now another wedding and the other weddings between Katie and Tom, just something about that happening in this climate, in the climate that we're living in, it just rings uh, annoying. Is that the word? What is it? I don't know. Is anyone else feeling that way? Just something about this all happening in where we're at in the world just feel insignificant or maybe that's stupid. And maybe again, maybe I've been cooped up too long. I've been cooped up too long. I mean, that's a fact, no matter what (laughs) going crazy in this house, I'm ready to get out. I'm ready to leave, get out like Jojo. Get out. That's what I'm singing to my boyfriend every, every minute, like leave, get out. (laughs) We can't do that though. We can't do that. We got to stay in, follow CDC orders. Neither here nor there. Anyway, the point is, we then see a scene at Kristen's house. Kristen uh, leaves her house. She drives and she calls Shishi. And Shishi is like, hey, I'm working at Sir. And Kristen just ignores that. And she's like, well, I went to Villa Blanca with the bitches of WeHo. And it was like, is Sheena in the middle of her shift? <laughs> Did Sheena just like, she just takes phone calls while she's serving? Or what happened here? Where Sheena, she said she's working at Sir. That leads me to believe that she's like literally in the middle of work. Uh, and Kristen's just like, well, I met with them at Villa Blanca. And then Shishi reveals that they're doing this wedding. Kristen's pissed because she says, I was a bridesmaid at Katie's original wedding. I don't understand this. I don't understand why Katie is excluding Kristen so much. Hashtag justice for Kristen. It seems just mean to me. I wish that, I wish that it wasn't this way. I get that Katie and Stasi, they don't like Kristen right now. But it just feels like they're excluding and they're being purposely mean to not have her at the wine night and then not invite her to this Vegas trip. Because it is a TV show and they were friends and there was nothing really that happened. I understand that Katie and Stassi got frustrated with Kristen and Carter dynamic. But it seems to me that there was not like one major thing. Like that's not enough to like not invite this person to like all the cast events. Anyway, that's when I paused the episode and went and made dinner. That was it. That was the moment where I got so bored and I thought, you know what? I'm going to the other room. I'm going to make some dinner. So then, oh, then, as if I think this episode wasn't bad enough, then we get a scene where Brittany arrives at Sir. And she said, now that I'm married, I don't want to think about not contributing to the house. I paid for half that house. And so she says she got her job back at Sir. And this is, an, this is exhausting. 
So now we're pretending Britney's back at work at Sir. Who's producing this? Why are we backpedaling? At the beginning of the season, we praised that. All of us viewers, we all thought, okay, finally, we're admitting that these people aren't working at Sir. At the very first episode, it was revealed that Sheena and Jax were the only ones working at Sir, and it finally felt like gratifying. It felt like so satisfactory to know that they were finally acknowledging that these people don't really work there, or if they do, they hop in for like a shift on camera. But it felt so gratifying to know that. And then we backpedaled, and Ariana got the job back at Sir. And now Brittany's getting the job back at Sir. And I'm thinking, who's producing this? I don't understand why we're backpedaling. Now we got Brittany working at Sir. She's like, I just want to pay for that house. I want to put my down payment on. And it's like Brittany's paying for that house with the check that she gets from the reality TV show that she's on and from her social media sponsorship. She doesn't need the shift at Sir to help pay those bills. Like, what is she making at Sir? There's, it's not enough to help pay for that house in Valley Village. Like, there's no way. What she's making her money on is the social media sponsorships because she's got millions of followers on her thing or the reality TV paycheck. And I get that this is a show about, I don't know. It just, it felt like we're backpedaling. Meanwhile, Sheena reveals that she's sick from freezing those eggs. And I don't understand why this isn't a main storyline, because this feels real. This feels like a, like a important life event that Sheena's going through. We see images of her injecting herself because she's doing this whole process that it seems very intense. It feels very relatable to people who are her age, middle age. She's not really middle aged, but I'll never get over Brett calling her middle aged. You know, she's a boomer. A lot of boomers have been through this before. And <laughs> no, but I, in all seriousness, in all sincerity, uh, in all sincerity, I think that it's it's a real thing and it's an interesting storyline. And it's, it's so weird to me that we're just ignoring it or it gets like two seconds of airtime. Every time Sheena's in the scene, she's like, well, I've been going through a lot because I'm freezing my eggs. Then they don't show any of it. They show us like one little brief moment filled from her iPhone. Her mom filmed it on her iPhone, and that's all we're seeing of it. And it seems like such an important event. Why aren't we seeing the whole process, the whole journey? That would be interesting to me. And I think it'd be interesting for the audience, too, who I think a lot of people her age are going through either thinking about that or going through that. I have a friend who she's my age, and she went through the egg process um, last year. So I don't know why we're not seeing it. I don't get it. I don't understand the show. I don't get it. So then we see uh, Tom and Ariana's house, and there's a scene where Lala, Ariana, and Dana sit by the pool with some cocktails. And I'm thinking, oh, this is a cute scene. And I've been saying that we need to integrate Dana, and we need to get her with the girls or get her with some other uh, other people on the scene. And so we finally do, and then we get this scene. And Lala, at the beginning of the scene, well, let me just back up here. So the the first scene in this episode that we had with Dana, she's revealing that she lost a parent. She's revealing it to Brett. And I had just said, I wish she was in that scene. Imagine if she was talking about that with, with Lala and Ariana, who both lost parents. Very recently, actually, they both lost parents. This could have been a great moment to have a deep conversation about moving on and grief and loss and death and so many wonderfully compelling things that that people go through relatability. People who have lost parents, they might be able to watch a scene like that and say, oh my God, I feel seen. I feel not so alone. But instead, we get right off the bat, Lala said there's flies by her all the time. And she says she thinks it's because she stings. And then they all agree that it's because of her pussy. This is my most favorite day ever. I got you Diet Coke. You did? Yeah. Cheers, now that we've made it yeah. out. We Cheers, did, guys. Hey. 
Well, this was nice until this one fly decided to show up. I know. I always Asshole. wonder if it's because I stink because they always come to me. <laughs> yeah, it's that pussy girl. That pussy Close smells like legs, flowers, bitch. baby. <laughs> I make sure. I taste it. Mm. Oh, God. Do you ever taste yours? I don't taste mine. Taste us? Yeah, I want to know what Rand is tasting. Every good chef tastes their food before they serve it. You know what? That is very true. You're like the Yoda of pussy. <laughs> I don't care for that word, but you know what? It is what it is. That's what they say. They say, well, there's flies around you because you're stinky pussy. And then Lala talks about tasting. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry that we're talking about this. I apologize. If there's kids in the room, maybe get them out of the room. <laughs> Escort them out. Because for a couple minutes, we got to talk about the scene. I'm sorry it happened. It all happened in the words of Sheena Chase tattoo. It happened and we need to talk about it. So I don't want to talk about it. It's just that we have to talk about it. And Lala said she tasted, she tasted her, <laughs> she tasted her Meredith Grey. And they just talk about this for a minute. And again, this could have been a beautiful moment where we just had a, an interesting scene between these three young women who have sadly, unfortunately lost uh, parents. Uh, very early in life. And instead, we just get this scene where they're just talking about... <sighs> That's a, I don't know. What's, who's making these decisions? Who's doing it? Are you out there? Are you out there? I love you. You've given us a lot. And I don't mean to criticize. But it's it's rough. Uh, anyway, then Dana reveals that she's still into... Or she's into Brett now. And this was the point where I got really angry watching the show because I thought, oh, she's into Brett now. We finally get her away from Max, and now she's into Brett. Ugh. Then we do get another scene with Stassi and Bo that I actually thought was very compelling. It felt real. Bo ordered a Casamiga soda, which is what the Bravo Lubs are all doing. They're all getting the Casamigas these days. I don't know if there's a Casamigas sponsorship, but that's all happening on uh, these shows. They're all getting the Casamigas. And Stassi and Bo, they talk about engagement. They talk about how they fought uh, before last week, before they had that scene where Tom and Katie fought. Apparently, Stassi and Bo fought, but we just didn't see it on camera. And Stassi got mad at Bo for sharing that with Tom and Katie. The point is, I thought this scene was actually a very realistic scene. It felt like a natural thing. It didn't feel overly produced. It felt like Stassi was tearing up and getting sad about not getting engaged. And Bo was saying, I don't want to rush it. I want to do it on my time. Stassi says, I'm not mad, I swear. And then she walked away. And she reveals in her confessional, I'm not going to be someone who gives an ultimatum, so I just have to stick with it and suffer. And I just thought, I felt like this was real. I liked this scene a lot. This was probably my favorite scene of the episode just because it didn't feel overly produced. It felt like an actual thing that these two were going through. Uh, so I appreciated that. I appreciate it. Then we have a scene at Rock and Riley's. It's a cast event for Dana's birthday. Dana arrived with her sister Brittany. Her sister Brittany was really cute too. I would like to know more about the Brittany. Um, Charlie arrives and Charlie is wearing like a very low or a, a shirt that shows off the ladies. And she reveals that she named her boobs Tia and Tamara. She said, sister, sister, she named them Tia and Tamara. And to that, I say, bravo, Charlie. I'm really into Charlie these days. I don't know if it was just this episode. I also saw on the after show, remember last week when I said Charlie was shading Lala in that scene in her confessional? Well, I watched some of the after show. Someone sent me a clip where Charlie was shading Lala in the after show. And I don't think Charlie's afraid of anyone. And I'm really into this Charlie and her sister's sister. I'm really into Charlie and the Tia and Tamara of it all. I'm into it. So then LVP shows up. Oh, by the way, also, I think if Charlie had a chance to shine at the reunion, who knows if we'll get the reunion or if it'll be like a Zoom event or whatever. 
But I think if Charlie had the opportunity to do the reunion, I think she would really slay it. I, I get that feeling. I hope I get that feeling. I hope. Anyway, LVP shows up to the party. And first of all, it's like, what is she doing there? She says, I don't normally go to my staff's birthday parties, but I like Dana. And I thought, well, you like being on camera. <laughs> that's, that's a fact. But that's a good reality star. That's what you need to do. You need to show up to these events, whether people want you there or you're invited or not. You just show up to the events. And it was funny to me because she got a drink. She stayed Dana was like, well, thank you so much for stopping by. And then she just went and mingled. And then it was revealed later on in the episode that Ken was in the car the whole time. And it was his birthday. Did anyone catch that? Did she? Was she joking? Maybe I missed and she said it was like a joke or something. But I believe her to say that it was Ken's birthday and she was just sitting at this bar. LVP was just sitting at this bar. She was mingling with the young cast of kids. She was flirting with Brett. She was talking to Dana. And I don't even think she was invited by Dana. I mean, Dana said she was excited she was there, but I don't think Dana like sent LVP an invite and was like, come to the party. Like she just showed up and left Ken in the car. Ken was probably asleep in the car. And on his birthday, on his birthday, she just, and she was mingling. She didn't just pop in and say happy birthday. She like mingled. She went around that party and she mingled. And then Ken was just asleep. I'm I'm falling for Ken this season, you guys. I'm not proud of it, but it is what it is. I'm thinking in my head, poor Ken sitting in that car on his birthday. I mean, that was sad to me. Justice for Ken. Hashtag justice for Ken. Woo! We've come a long way, baby. We've come a long way from last season where I was calling for Ken to be taken off the screen. Now here I am calling for justice for Ken asleep on his birthday. Well, LVP mingles with a 30-year-old, a 30-year-old young YouTuber. Speaking of YouTube, guys, I'm on YouTube. Did anyone see that? I, I talked about this. Follow me on YouTube. You go to youtube.com slash dannypellegrino1. I'm a YouTuber now like Brett, apparently. <laughs> no, in all, since, in all seriousness, I'm putting some of the interviews on YouTube. I'm going to try to put some of the uh, interviews that I do on there. So the one I did with Shangela is on YouTube. Again, youtube.com slash dannypellegrino1, the number one. Um, so just go there and hit subscribe. Hit subscribe. So that's that was a gross promo I just did in the middle of our recap, but it is what it is. Uh, what else? Uh, then we see Kristen and Katie talking, and Kristen cried to Katie. And Kristen said, whether you like me or not, I love you, and I jump in front of traffic for you. And then, I'm not kidding, there was a brief moment where Kristen, she's really drunk as she's saying this, and she looked out at the street, and she looked out at the busy road, and I think she was almost drunk enough, like one more cocktail, a half a cocktail more. And I think Kristen would have like walked into the traffic because that's what she was calling for. She said, I'd jump in front of the cars for you. I'd jump in traffic for you. And she looked right out at that busy road and I saw the wheels in her mind working. I saw the wheels turning and Kristen Doty was thinking, you know what? Maybe I should go show her. Have you guys seen that movie Bowfinger? It's from the late 90s with Eddie Murphy and Steve Martin. And there's a scene where Eddie Murphy's character, one of them, because he plays a few characters in that. But one of the Eddie Murphy characters, he like walks across a freeway of traffic. And I was just picturing Kristen Doty in that scene, <laughs> like walking a, a, across a busy freeway for Katie to like prove her love for Katie. Now that would be a moment. I, of course, in the movie, Eddie Murphy's character does not get hit by one of the cars, but it's one of the funniest scenes ever. Like if you get a chance, look it up on YouTube, Bowfinger, just look up Bowfinger, B-O-W, finger, all one word. Uh, freeway or highway or something scene. And it is one of the funniest fucking things. And watch it and then picture Kristen Doty in that scene instead of Eddie Murphy. And I'm not kidding you. Like that's 
<laughs> it was making me belly laugh. Be- I was belly laughing, thinking about it. Of course, I don't want her to get hurt, but I would like to see her walk across the busy freeway. <laughs> Not hurt, you guys. I wouldn't want her to get hurt. So then um, I was thinking during this scene. So we get the whole cast at this bar. We have everyone there. We have Raquel. We have James. We have Ariana, Tom, Lala, Jax, the whole gang. Brittany. And I was thinking, first of all, it's weird because these people, are, none of them are really friends. I know they, they don't really know Dana. I don't think Jax and Brittany need to be at Dana's birthday party, but I get that we're on a reality show. We got to get them all in one place. But I was thinking that Lala and James, we've seen their struggle with alcoholism. And it's been really interesting to watch. I think it's been great to see that on TV. And at the same time, I think it's troublesome because I mentioned this on the show before. It's almost like we help them create these personas on reality TV with all of them. And so we, as viewers, always encourage the drinking. We like the mess. We like the drama. And then unfortunately, sometimes with these reality TV personas, they end up drinking too much and they become volatile or or whatever. And then they realize they have an issue and they have to step back and stop drinking. And it's great that James and Lala have both realized that they have an issue with drinking. And I don't want to speak for them, but I think they both publicly have said that uh, they're better when they don't drink and all of that stuff, which I agree with. But then, isn't it sort of sad to watch as viewers? We're seeing a minimum of two people who have told us how they have problems with alcohol. James just last week was going to an AA meeting, which I applaud. But it is tough and sad almost to watch these two alcoholics manage a party at a bar. And I don't believe that these two would be at this party because we haven't seen James really close with Dana. We haven't seen Lala that close with Dana. Of course, they did talk about their smelly um, Meredith Grays before, but <laughs> but I don't think they're all that close. And so, for someone who's sort of newly, I think James just went to his first AA meeting last week, which in the course of the show was probably just a couple days ago. And Lala ha- isn't that far off. Like she, I think, has been sober for a year or something on the show, but it, it's not been that long. And so to see them managing a party at a bar that they're contractually obligated to go to just bums me out a little bit. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to be insensitive. It just feels like they wouldn't be there normally. And then it's it's sad to me that they have to navigate this because I think in real time they'd say, you know what, Uh, James, I think in real life would say, I'm not maybe strong enough to be at a bar party right now. Because that's where this was. It wasn't at a big restaurant. This was at a bar. They were at a bar for Dana's birthday party. And in real life, someone who's been through what those two have been through, I believe, and maybe I'm wrong, but I believe they would say, you know, it hasn't been that long. Maybe I should not go to a bar party. (sighs) Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. It just feels sad to me. It feels sad that we're almost like making them go. And I, I don't think anyone makes them go. I, I, they have free will. It's a reality show. Just bumped me out. It did. Uh, we do get a scene with Lala and Sheena. Sheena reveals, she says, I cry every fucking day, she says. It's my real life and I'm doing this. I'm freezing my eggs. I'm single. I'm on my own. I'm 34. I'm divorced. I feel overwhelmed. Then she does the napkin uh, tear dab, which is an infamous move. And... It was so sad, and it was real emotion coming from Sheena. And again, then we just move right past it. We move right past the egg stuff. And all we focus on with Sheena is the guy. So Sheena says, I see everyone having what I want. 
And then the brilliant, beautiful Bravo editors, they do a close-up of Jax and Brittany, they do a close-up of Katie and Tom, and they do a close-up of James and Raquel, alluding to the fact that that's what Sheena wants. Sheena says, I see everyone having what I want. And I'd just like to say, Sheena, if you're out there listening, I just have to say that Jax and Brittany have been through a cheating scandal very recently, where Jax had cheated on Brittany with Faith, who also worked at the establishment, and there was an old lady in the bed, so technically it was a threesome. Okay, it was elder abuse, and it was a threesome, and that just happened. That wasn't that long ago, it just happened. So I know she's looking at that couple and saying, that's what I want, and I just say, rethink that, Sheena. Then she looks at Katie and Tom, and just last week, we heard Tom saying, I never want to have sex with you. He said he yelled that at his wife. And so I'd like to say to Sheena, maybe don't look at that one either. And then they, uh, James, they show James and Raquel, and look, two weeks ago, it was revealed that James had drunk texted Raquel that she's a whore and all this other stuff. So maybe don't look at them either. She, she, I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to love yourself. I don't want you wanting what these other people have because what they have is not all that great. <laughs> From what we know on the show, what those other couples have is just maybe not what you want. Do you know what I'm saying? Notice they didn't show the other happy, they didn't show like Ariana and Tom who have like a pretty <laughs> good normal relationship or who are the other ones. I don't, I can't even think of who the other ones are, but. Ken and Lisa, they didn't show them either. Although Ken was asleep in the car, so maybe they just couldn't get the footage. But it was the close-ups after Sheena said, I want what they have. And I thought, "Mm mm-mm. And I wonder if the Bravo editors were being shady, and that's why they showed those couples, or if it was, if they were being earnest. I felt like it was shady, because I'm like, all those couples, everything we know about those three couples is not great. (laughs) Like, literally, we just saw this big fights between all of them. I don't know. I don't know. Then uh, we see Stasi and Bo talking about their engagement again. And there was this one little quick cutaway moment where Jax looked at Charlie's Tamara. Did you guys catch that? <laughs> he just looked at Charlie's Tamara. Um, and then they bring out a cake. A cake comes out, Sandoval puts cake in everyone's faces. Charlie's like not having it. She says, My skincare routine cannot handle this. <laughs> and Sheena flips out. She's like, No. She walks away. And that was the episode. It ended on a cake fight. I don't know, you guys. I feel like I just hate it on the episode. I didn't mean to be so negative about it. Was I too negative? I don't like to be negative on this show. I want to celebrate these shows. Again, it's still better than Very Cavalier or anything else. But also the worst episode I've ever seen of this show. <laughs> it was also very bad. I don't know how we come back from this. And we've reached a low point. And maybe it's the quarantine. Maybe this is the coronavirus talking. But it seemed really like a rough episode to me. Anyway, should we talk about the Real Housewives of Atlanta? Let's talk Atlanta. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to 
re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. I just feel like it's just always been this block up with him not letting me completely into his life. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of things I felt like I was in the dark about. It kind of feels as though there's a large part of him or the relationship that I was just never privy to. For example, I'm not allowed to speak to his mother or father. And if you don't know everything about that person's life, you're not being let in. Okay, The Real Housewives of Atlanta. We're going to keep this quick. I thought this was very much a filler episode, but the women are back from Greece. And uh, we open on Nini and Greg. They're talking about Nini and Kenya not getting along, although they, they keep calling her Ken, which I... It does make me laugh a little bit that they keep being like, oh, and Ken and I are not getting along. <laughs> then we have a lot this episode about Candy and Todd. Now, Todd doesn't like the sex scene, but he's handling it a little bit better than I thought he would. But all this stuff about the sex scene and the chai, maybe it's me being a little pessimistic, but I feel like they're just doing it as a storyline for the show because Candy's a smart reality TV personality. I believe that this is all for promotion for the chai, or the shy, I'm sorry. I feel that that's what they're doing here. Am I wrong? Does anyone else feel that way? Because it almost feels like sponsored promo within the show. They keep mentioning the sex scene, and she's like, I gotta go film the shy. And I I don't know, it feels a little bit weird to me, or promoting to me, and maybe it's not. But I believe Candy is smart enough to have planned this before the season. I bet she got together with Todd, and she's like, okay, you have a problem with the sex scene, and then, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but it does feel that way a little bit to me. Uh, there's also some stuff with Nini and Cynthia. So Cynthia shows up to Nini's store. They're both wearing leopard, which I love. I love that they've been wearing so much animal print this season. The amount of animal print work they've been doing on this show this season. They had a whole party for it earlier in the season. And that still wasn't enough for all of us to get our fill of the animal prints. They're still doing it. Nini and Cynthia were both wearing the leopard print. And they're friends now. And I'm a little bit, I gotta say, a little bit bored by it. And I'm not sure with Cynthia... 
I was very interested in Cynthia sticking up to Nini and really having this moment last season where she's just like, okay, I'm done. You've been so mean to me. Like, this is over. And now she just sort of has gotten over it. I know we had that scene where she got over it, but it just feels a little weird, boring to me. It feels boring to me. And it's like, well, do we need Cynthia around if she's, what is she doing here? I, I guess she's sort of the bridge. She's sort of the bridge between the women and she is beautiful to look at. But I guess I, I just am let down a little bit because I was so interested in Cynthia when she finally seemed to have like a, a big backbone with when it came to Nini. And then it seems like it just stopped. It just went away. Did you guys see Nini and Kim doing an Instagram live together? Did anyone catch that? The, they tried to do it one time. They like advertised it and then it never happened. And then they ended up doing it again. And I thought they were in like hair and makeup. And I was thinking maybe the rules in Atlanta are different, but like, do they just have hair and makeup people come into the house during the pandemic? Like, what? Did anyone else see it? I was shocked about it. I said, why are they in hair and makeup? They both look like they were in hair and makeup. And I don't believe you could say maybe some of you will yell at me and say they did it themselves. I don't believe that. I don't believe it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just, I refuse to believe that. I think they had hair and makeup people over. Did they call Priv? Like, who's an essential business that came over to do their hair and makeup during a pandemic? And did they need to do it during an Instagram Live? Let me tell you something. I'm watching The View every day, and those women are on TV from their homes. There's no hair and makeup on Whoopi Goldberg or Joy Behar. They are just rolling out of bed. Every every episode, Whoopi's landline is ringing in the middle of the hot topics. They are doing what they can. And meanwhile, Nini and Kim are on Instagram Live with hair and makeup, a full full beat, a full beat. And our, our joy, our <laughs> our queens and icons and legends over at The View, they don't have the hair and makeup. They don't have the luxury, and they're doing a show every day. Joy is rolling out of bed. Whoopi can't even be bothered to turn off that phone either. She can't even be bothered to unplug that phone, and it's a landline. And I, I swear one day it was like a cell phone ringing, and now it's a landline ringing. And if I were the producer over there, I'd say, hey, whoop, maybe can you unplug the phone a little bit? We're about to do a live one-hour broadcast. Maybe just unplug it for a minute. For one hour. Less than an hour, just unplug it. Maybe turn off the landline. Or if you don't want to turn off, maybe just tell the friends, hey, I'm doing a live show that's on a network. It's called The View. And maybe if you don't call me the hour that I'm on TV, maybe just send a note out to your friends and email a text. Just say, hey, friends, family, I know you want to call me. But my name's Whoopi Goldberg. I'm a moderator on The View. Stop calling during the show. That's what I would say. Um, but I was surprised Nini and Kim, and they're friends now, which doesn't make any sense. I can't wrap my head around the fact that Nini and Kim are friendly now. And it seems like Nini might be angling to get Kim back on the show, which I would like if it was like old Kim. The new version of Kim, or the version that we've had the past few seasons, is not my favorite. But early season Nini and Kim, I really like that dynamic. And so... I'm not necessarily against it, but it's surprising to me that they're friends because last we saw of these two together, it was the Nini yelling, where's your scooter? Which is <laughs> so good. So good. Anyway, um, back to the swag boutique on the episode. Cynthia leaves, Portia shows up, and Portia arrived in the car, and I couldn't tell if this was unplanned or not, but Portia came to the swag boutique, and the best moment of this was when Nini did the robot to Portia's car. Did anyone catch this? Very small moment. I'll try to get the footage and post it somewhere on social media or something, but it was like, Nini just did the robot to Portia's car. It was very odd. <laughs> it reminded me of Valerie Cherish on the comeback when she does the robot, because <laughs> somebody like slaps her ass and she like tries to come back from it, so she does the robot. Comeback fans know what I'm talking about. The point is, Nini did that to Portia's car and it made me laugh. 
Um, what else is going on in this episode? Candy talks about how she's figuring out a work-life balance, but she's also doing things like The Masked Singer, and she's doing the, the TV show on Showtime, and so she's doing a lot. And there was a scene where Ace called, and I was crying. Ace is the cutest kid I've ever seen. He's crying. He says, I miss you, Mommy. I want you, Mommy. And I sort of felt like Todd was was doing this. On, I felt like he was using Ace a little bit to uh, to get Candy to feel bad, a little mommy guilt. And I didn't care for that part of it. But I did, uh, I just, Ace is the cutest. And I did, uh, did I cry? Of course. <laughs> did I cry during this scene? Sure I did. Sure I did. Um, anyway, then uh, Eva's at home and Cynthia shows over at, uh, at Eva's house and she says, you need to not be pregnant for a year. And it's like, yeah, what she's really saying is like, the TV show's boring when you're pregnant. That's what Cynthia was really saying. And Nini had said on social media or somewhere this past week that Eva's not a good fit, and then Eva clapped back. And I want Eva to be a good fit, but she's just not. Maybe it's the pregnancy stuff, which I'm so proud and happy for her to have a baby. I mean, moms are the most important people in the world. But seeing a woman be pregnant on TV is just, I'm sorry, it's a little bit boring because they can't even get in the mix with other people. So they're just sort of on their own show being pregnant. It never works on reality TV. We got a whole season of that coming up with Teddy from Beverly Hills. And uh, I don't know that we anyone needs to see that. No one needs to see that. So then we have this event, Porsche's event, and we do a lot of talking. We get the whole cast there. Marlo's there. And what was most interesting to me about the scene was that Marlo was uh, crying. She revealed that she couldn't have a baby. And she opened up, and that's what we've been waiting for Marlo. Uh, to me, that was the last piece of the puzzle for Marlo in terms of the peach. Everyone's been saying for so long, Marlo needs a peach. Give Marlo a peach. Give her the peach. And to me, this was the last piece of the puzzle. She opened up. She opened up, and I love to see it. I wrote down in my notes, moms are the best people ever. They are. I love mothers. If you're a mother out there, God bless you. Especially through all of this pandemic. Those those of you who have kids at home, I feel for you. You're doing the Lord's work, so just keep on doing it. Stay strong. Stay strong. What else is happening on this episode? Oh, Kenya reveals that, speaking of moms, she's not able to speak to Mark's mom and dad. Did I miss? I don't know if I missed that or if I misheard that, but I thought that was strange. I didn't rewind it to confirm that I did hear it correctly, but it was it was something that I think I heard uh, that was surprising to me. Did you guys hear they're going to do the virtual reunion on Atlanta? I actually think this is an okay idea, and here's why. We wouldn't get a normal reunion with the way the pandemic's going. We know we're not going to get that. I do believe that a virtual reunion is the best that we can do, and I'm excited for it. Will it be messy? Yes. But I'm sort of excited for that mess. I feel like it'll be like such messy TV that'll be fun. Do you know what I mean? And it reminds me of that time when Nini was on Watch What Happens Live, early in Watch What Happens Live, and Kim Zolciak called in, and they were just fighting over the phone. Like, it was just, Kim was calling from the Bahamas, they were fighting over the phone, and I feel like it's going to have that kind of energy, and for that, I'm excited. But it will be a hot mess, but it's the best they can do, and I'm actually very excited for it, because I I actually really think it's going to be, like, a fun mess. I hope it will be. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. But it's all they could do. What do you want? What do you want? Andy came out and said that they needed to do it, because then, when the whole pandemic, hopefully when it's over, they can get right back into filming the new season and move on. And so I think this was the smartest thing to do. I'm excited. I'm excited. Will it be a mess? Yes. Will I enjoy that mess? Of course. Of course. So then we talk more about the sex scene with Candy. We have this whole scene where Todd says he didn't want a trucking company and he's trying to prove himself. Candy cried. Candy said she likes to work and will always want to hustle. 
or wait, no, she didn't say that. I just wrote that in my notes. Candy, she likes to work. She's always going to want to hustle. And she gets off on that. And I get that. Candy's a workhorse. And that's what we love about Candy. But if Todd's going to expect her to work less, even though she's having more kids or has young kids, I just don't believe that to be true. It's not going to happen. Candy loves to work and she gets off on it. And I respect that. And I get that. Um, also, Candy said the word Dagon, which I love when they say that on the show. She said, I got to get, I got to host this Dagon dinner, Dagon dinner. And <laughs> I don't know why that word makes me laugh. It's like right up there with caboose and sassafras for me. My favorite words, caboose and sassafras, Dagon. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Next week, we get Candy and Todd in therapy. Uh, this again felt like a filler episode to me. It didn't feel like a lot was going on, but it was an episode. It happened. It did happen. And it didn't, like, enrage me. You know, like, Vanderpump Rules, which we talked about earlier, I felt like that episode was not even just filler. It was just, like, actively bad. But uh, Atlanta, a filler episode, is still enjoyable. It's still enjoyable. There just wasn't a whole ton that really happened that is affecting things going forward. But it happened, and it was an episode. And so, with that said, that's our episode. Thank you all so much for listening. I mentioned the YouTube channel. If you want to go hop on over there, youtube.com slash Janie Pellegrino, the number one. If you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you click become a patron, you donate $4 more per month and you get the bonus episodes I'm doing one a month. Although last month I did a couple. I'm trying to do more bonuses over there, but just I'm going to under promise over deliver. So just expect one a month. I just posted one with uh, Annabelle DeSisto. There's an episode with Hannah, uh, Hannah Brown over there. So I've been trying to post some more. So Please um, enjoy those. And thank you for everyone who's over there supporting. I appreciate it. If you want a cameo, cameo.com slash Danny Pellegrino. And this Thursday and Friday, I believe it's Thursday and Friday. I have to double check this. I'll post on social media. But this Thursday and Friday, uh, if you get one of the cameos, cameo.com slash Danny Pellegrino, cameo is going to be donating money to uh, COVID-19 charities. So I will post more about that, the specifics on my social media when I when I get all the details of it. But um, I believe it's this Thursday and Friday. So if you're if you want one, maybe wait until then or um if you're on the fence, uh yeah, over there. I hope everyone enjoyed my interview with Shangela. I had so much fun chatting with her. Um and what else? Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And let's do our cheesy little cooldown because we all need it now more than ever. So let's take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take one more deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Now, I want everyone, when they turn off this podcast, to go do some self-care. Go go journal. Go put on a face mask. Go cook or bake or have yourself some calming tea. Just do something that makes you feel like you're doing some self-care. We all need a little self-care these days, so... Know that I'm thinking of you. I'm sending all my love. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay sane as possible. For all of those of you who are working on the front lines, thank you. I love you. I worship you. The nurses, the doctors, the police force, the EMTs, the grocery store employees, the factory workers, the everyone out there. I, I know I'm missing people, and for that I apologize, but thank you, thank you, thank you for the work you're doing. We love you. We all love you. Uh, have a great day, and we'll be back uh, with the Real Housewives of New York recap later this week. Bye bye. I 
love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.